You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. With a special holiday greeting, please welcome Michael Rappaport. All right. I know uh, this is uh, for the Foundation Radio podcast. Podcasts are like assholes. Even fucking jerk-offs like you can have a fucking podcast in this day and age. I, uh, Adam, Barnard, okay? Greg, Sam, Joe, and Jeff. Greg, you fuck. I know you once spent 80 bucks of your buddy Rich's money on a lap dance, you fucking creep. Cock sucker. Uh, I don't need fucking photographs of you guys. I'm sure you're fucking one's uglier than the other. All right, with the Foundation Radio fucking podcast. Jesus Christ. I, I, there's got to be some sort of fucking, like a, a driver's license situation or some sort of test that motherfuckers need to take or pass to start a podcast or to be calling themselves podcast host. You fucking guys think you're fucking Merv Griffin? None of you motherfuckers are Johnny Carson fucking podcast host. Uh, anyway, Adam, uh, I want you to have a great fucking new year. All right. You're going to need some fucking change in 2020. All right. Start at the beginning of the month. The first don't fucking sleep in you drunk drinking freak. And the rest of you guys, uh, I'll say good luck with the foundation radio, but you're going to need way more than uh, me telling you good luck with this fucking podcast. Jesus fucking Christ. You know, 14 years ago, I thought I was seeing the last new Star Wars movie that I'd ever see in my lifetime. So, on a positive note, kind of neat that I'm still getting to go see new Star Wars movies. On a negative note, I've had enough Star Wars movies for now. I'm excited because I'm always excited for Star Wars, but it's not the same kind of excitement, anticipation that I had. Uh, when episode 7 was coming out and I was so excited that I camped out for a few hours before the the first screening. The excitement was so much more immense that time around. I don't know, there's been, what, five movies though between Rogue One and Solo and the, the, the Skywalker saga as they're calling it now. So there's some things I'm curious about. Why uh, Emperor Palpatine's voice is heard in the movie what some of the end story arcs are for some of the characters and, you know, where it's going to go. I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm cautiously excited. Not, I, I guess cautiously is, is the wrong word, though, because I'm excited to see the movie. I've just had, I've been so inundated by new movies and new promotions and Disney this and new animated series and new live action series and Baby Yoda and I just need to tune a lot of that out, watch these movies, maybe watch them a few times. I'm curious. I don't want to say too much more than that. I don't know a lot about the story, but I'm curious as to what's going to happen tonight. 
And uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit more after I see the movie, and uh, we'll go from there. Hello there. I am here at the United Artists Theater over in uh, lovely King of Prussia. It is 7.39. We're about 20 minutes away from going into the theater to see uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm here with James. Can you say hi, buddy? Ah. Yeah, we're excited. We're very excited. We are uh, looking forward to this movie. It's a little bit, I guess, of a bittersweet moment for me because this is the last one. And uh, I'm not really sure how I feel, but I'm going into it with an open mind. And I'm really excited. James, what do you, are you excited about The Rise of Skywalker? What do you think, bud? Yeah. It's going to be cool? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have my expectations high after The Last Jedi, so I'm hoping that I will be surprised. But realistically, I'm going to be happy with whatever is on the screen. Um, I just love Star Wars, and I think I'm going to be pleasantly pleased and surprised. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Pre-thoughts, I hope it's not like the prequels. There's a good crowd already. I'm a blank slate. Uh, I have nothing going on in my mind about it. I'm just going to watch it for what it is and hope that it uh, does not disappoint. I don't think it will. If it does, then I will be very sad. But for the most part, I'm excited and skeptical. Also, not as much BO as I thought there would be. So there's that too. Well, I've been very excited for this film for a long time. More importantly, I'm very excited to be doing this again with you, Adam, after uh, Last Jedi and we had such a fun time. I'm very excited. I have faith in J.J. Abrams to create an epic space adventure because Force Awakens was really good and he's just really awesome at shooting space action. So I'm very excited for it. I'm excited to see where this uh, saga goes and uh, most importantly, Pokemon. may the force Pokemon. be with you. I saw you saw Pokemon? Oh, wait, wait. James, what are your thoughts? Do you think Star Wars is going to be good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How good? Um, I can't wait to see um, Palpatine. You can't wait to see Palpatine? Do you think it's going to be the greatest movie ever? Mm-hmm. You do? Well, I hope it is, buddy, because this movie pre is James endorsed, which you know it's going to be good. If you haven't seen the movie yet, spoilers ahead. This is your chance to stop this recording. Spoilers are coming now. Rise of Skywalker, guys. The rise. Jesus of fucking the Christ. Let's uh let's start with the guy who's not in the room and then we'll go around the room and I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on the movie. Don't delete Sam, this part. What 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 did you think? Uh so I went in with a very pessimistic view because I am over Star Wars at this point. Um I I felt like recently that there was too many things coming out all at the same time and I left very happy with the the results of the movie. I saw a film that resembled again some of the original trilogy a lot of mirroring of the third act of that one but overall very pleased with the outcomes fun to see a movie that took some turns i wasn't expecting 
and uh, plenty of fan service, which never hurts. I also went in with a pessimistic view. The things I was afraid would happen did, in fact, happen and were my biggest disappointments. However, it was a Star War. There were fun space battles. I went in expecting a J.J. Abrams movie with all that entails, and that is what I got. I had a really good time. It was a fun movie, which I had some issues with. Um, I really liked the movie. I had a fantastic time. Granted, my experience was basically better than all of yours, except for maybe Adam, because I got to sit next to James, which was amazing. And I really, traitor. <laughs> traitor. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. There were definitely some issues that I had with it, but I, I went in with the initial hype because I love star Wars. I, I expected a JJ Abrams movie. And I got a J.J. Abrams movie, which I'm okay with because I think he makes good Star Wars. Uh, for me, I guess I went in. I don't know how I went in. I went excited. Um, I was, I guess, a little bit like Sam, too. Like, I was kind of ready for it to just be done in a way. Um, but I also went into it excited to see what came from it. And I'm not the kind of guy that gets like super amped up. Like I'm not a, one of those rabid anti last Jedi fanboys, which I fucking hate. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't, I set my expectations kind of similarly to where I set my expectations with everything. Um, I didn't really, I didn't dislike anything about the movie. I thought it was a perfect way to end this series. Um, and to be honest, I was a little sad. I was a little sad knowing that it's over now. You know, I went into it being like, oh, fuck, like, you know, I, I I'm curious how this is going to end. But am I ready for it to end? And I guess I am. And now I'm 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 kind of sad that it's done. Um, but I had I, I had a few things that I, I thought could have been done better. Um, but overall, I I really I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great flick. I really I, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than The Force Awakens. Um, but I loved loved that movie. Um, so, yeah. I went into it uh, neither excited nor pessimistic or not optimistic or pessimistic. I went into it excited. I did go into it excited. Um, he went into it mystic. mystic. <laughs> um, I was uh, basically thinking if this is going to be bad, I'm just going to enjoy it for being the Star Wars and explosions and lightsabers and cool stuff. I mean, we um, all got a lot of huge mental workout yes. in doing that with the prequels. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I was fine with it being crap because they've set me up like that with the prequels for crap but i was also <laughs> looking for it to be amazing and i think it was great i i loved a lot of it um they uh, this isn't like my negative thing that i don't like but i think there was a lot of uh screen washing where they just kind of like glazed over things but uh, I think that's a good way to go about it if you're going to end a series because it can just drag on and on and mm -hmm. on and on. And OK, let's let's speed it up. Let's not have two Return extra Hobbit yeah. movies that we don't yeah. need. Like, let, let's just keep it a trilogy and say what we got to say and let's move on. Um, but I think they did a great job with it. I don't think that they really disrespected anything that people love about the movies. I don't think they over did too much of it. There are a few things that I'm sure people have opinions on, but at the end of the day, if you have something negative to say about it, you most definitely have something good to say about it. So I think there's going to be a healthy discussion on both sides. Yeah, I think there's more pros than cons. Yes, oh, yeah, for, like, sure. you know, for as much as I'm probably going to talk more about the thing that irritated me, I had a really fun time at the theater. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to mention too before this was that I had an amazing time 
uh, with my son, James. I got to go with him to a Star Wars movie. Uh, he was too young for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Uh, and I got to experience this movie with him uh, at the theater. And it was just a really cool thing for me, like an extra added like layer of awesome to this movie. But uh, let's talk about the positive stuff. Uh, sure. The one thing that I thought really kind of blew my mind was the uh, sort of realization and the uh, the uh, or what's the word I'm looking for? It's the um, the revelation of Ray's lineage uh, being Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. Uh, what did you guys think of that? Let's let's kind of open up and talk about it. What did you what were your takeaways from that? My takeaway from that is twofold because I'm always skeptic of uh, movie producers and crappy people like that, that um, they were just say they, it. OK, OK, it. geez. They were holding <laughs> out and seeing the fans reaction, uh, I think, up into that point to see where people were really like thinking she was from. Was she just a nobody? Was she a Skywalker? Was she a Kenobi? Something like that. Um, I think that they were going for the shock and all like what a twist. And I don't I didn't hear from anyone that she was a Palpatine. See, but I think that's why I didn't like it, because I would have <laughs> liked I I didn't. Okay, I say I didn't like it. It worked fine. It's a space yeah. wizard movie and it's a basically a soap opera. And yeah, of course, it's all about the same families. I'll buy that. It's fine. Whatever. It's not a big deal. But something that I really liked in Last Jedi was the sort of shock and disappointment. Of, I like the disappointment of the oh, you're not actually anyone special. Because that, to me, was bold and interesting I, and I new. I like that, yeah. I agree. And yeah. to walk that back a little bit is like, oh, okay, I guess you weren't really going to commit to that cool, But if you're going to walk it back, that's did. the correct path yeah, to walk it, back Yeah, it, wor it worked really well, and it's fine. But it's it, very it was subvert. definitely walking back from something I thought was very interesting yeah. that was in the last movie. So I, I preferred the idea of going for the she is nobody because it, to an audience means it's more accessible. Anybody can be a hero. Right. And there's a lot of great messages in The Last Jedi. That being said, they walked it back to a Palpatine. I kind of like as just a, a story arc Star Wars fan seeing the two most powerful like bloodline force users, the Palpatines and the Skywalkers and just seeing how that all plays out. I never thought she was a Kenobi because, right, yeah. you know, if, would've been, if would've anyone, been, that would have been too easy. Yeah. Also, gonna, that wouldn't have made a lot of sense. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, know how you could explain that. If anybody's going to plow in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> it's going to be the goddamn Senate. But I did have, I had a, to me, delightful crackpot theory that I was ready to like stand up and cheer if it had happened that well, Ray was actually a clone of Luke Skywalker from his hand. Oh god damn it. Oh my that's, god. That's, if that had happened, it is so stupid Jeff, and so ridiculous. That's reaching. That is that's <laughs> oh, a reach. Oh, it was pal. reaching. Yeah. But if it had happened, I would have ran up and down the goddamn <laughs> aisles screaming and I'm cheering. I'm as smart as J.J. Abrams. I'm as smart as J.J. Abrams. <laughs> exactly. Sam, what was your uh, what was your takeaway on, on the Palpatine line? I think my my biggest positive about that whole scenario was that um, we had sort of talked about this when we discussed our expectations going into the movie. Right. Um, I like that they went kind of a bioscientific approach to bringing back Palpatine because that was one of my biggest things. It was like, how are they going to handle this? And I liked the fact that like you saw that he was kind of like on quote unquote life support, but like it was more of a reanimation life support than it was like he never died. And then I loved when um, 
he finally gets that full reveal because they were using that strobe effect to sort of keep him hidden. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they show that full reveal where he's on that big like crane. Yes. And essentially like he's just being dragged. He's basically like a human robot, so to speak. Like they're just pumping him full of things that keep him alive and they're carting him around on this stand sort of like like the most sci sci-fi weekend at Bernie's you could possibly. <laughs> it was really cool. That's a great. I love that's that a great they analogy. That approach, and they didn't just say like, "Oh, well, it's the Force, and he can right. be a Sith that never dies." And that that didn't do it for me. It's well, like, I, okay, well, that's a that's a license people take, it's, but it's not. I, I just I liked that approach to bringing him back. As far as him, as far and I kind of agree with Ruth a little bit on the the backtracking of the you're nobody, but anybody could be somebody. Right. I do. I do like that that approach from the last movie. So to sort of say, well, no, there's only three families that matter in Star Wars land. It's <laughs> yeah. sort of like, well, OK, I think right. I think I did. I did enjoy that, though. The uh, the idea that they were able to um, utilize that the, the floating aspect of machinery and instead of just being like like you said that the force goes like, oh, it's the Darth Plagueis, the wise shit, you know, yeah, like it was so, very much like a, yeah, this guy was really beat to hell and somehow he survived and now they're going to regenerate him. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. It's that yeah. and yeah, exactly. It's right. the science it's, and the magic, right? It, it was the opposite way the Jedi went. Jedi just go pure, just force ghost. The Sith go force zombie. Like that's it, also, that part, was dark partly, as fuck. It was. Yeah. Like, it really was. It was awesome, awesome but like, right. I was genuinely concerned for James at moments of like, because yes. he, he was like, I'm really excited to see Emperor Palpatine with like the fucking zombie milk eyes and it's just yeah. the flashing strobes. I'm like, holy right shit. Right out the gate. Too. Right, he right had, from the very beginning. Yeah. Cataracts. He looked like a bloated zombie. But it was remember awesome. the context, right? Context is, I mean, the back when, when Palpatine first made his appearance on the movie screen. I mean, what was that? 1983? 1980? Well, 83. Palpatine made his first right. appearance because it was half monkey man. It was half right. monkey man. Right. Well, actually, half monkey woman. Right. Yes. So, Correct. so you you have to remember. I mean, they didn't have that technology yeah. back then to sort of really animate this character. I think if if that movie was made today, it would have been way darker. I think that the, I think Emperor Palpatine is a character that deserves that darkness and deserves that evil. It was so, so I think, fucking. Oh my cool. god, that whole fucking the whole thing with the Sith. Uh, throne and the 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 crowds and shit like the, the only cultists. thing that was missing yeah the only thing that was missing for me was like a callback the way they did to the jedi with like maul or doku or any of the other like no, sort of I, I, like like historical sith no i like it being only, but, singular because but, yeah that's it, true it, yeah it, because the sith nature is all about the, the self it's not the collective mm, like the jedi right. when ray reached yeah, out and right. you had qui-gon and all, Obi you had let's two talk Obi about that too yeah, i mean let's, yeah. let's talk voices. about that that's what oh. something i want to bring up i could not believe the amount of and i was wondering how because i know jj abrams from the very beginning was talking about how they were going to tie these movies together right he basically said from the from jump street i I have eight movies that I have to incorporate into this. I just want to, I want to run down a couple of the names of the people that were in this, right? Um, so Andy Serkis, who played Snoke, and James Earl Jones as Darth Vader were in the very beginning of the movie when yep. Kylo Ren, it, it, you know, meets the Emperor. Yep. Um, yeah. Mace Windu, Anakin Skywalker, um, Ahsoka Tano was in it. Yep. Um, Kanan Jarrus. Yep. Qui-Gon like to... Jinn, Yoda, 
and Obi-Wan Kenobi, both as both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness were both oh, voice characters in the his Alec movie. The Alec Guinness mention was a reach, Yeah, though. I mean, it was, yeah. It was yeah. As an audio editor, I was like, it was very clear that, like, it wasn't, they took a vowel sound and an R sound that he had on record yep. and just, like, mashed it together. Yeah, that was the same one, I think, that they used in... It was cool that they did it, in, but, in the, yeah. I think that was the same one that they used in The Force Awakens when you hear, Ray, yeah, that's yeah. the same thing. But I just thought that was... Hello there. Hello there. If they had done a hello oh there, my God, I would have shit, shit. Hello there. I, I, feel like, I feel like that is the... For me, it's like, how are they going to visually tie all of these characters back? And I didn't really think of a way for them to do that. But I thought the idea of the Force, as all of these voices... Like, I'm getting goosebumps about it, talking about it. Like, the idea of the Force and all of these people and this energy are being one, right? And it's just like this weave and... Uh, I thought that was fucking brilliant. But it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant dichotomy because you have all of the Sith living within Palpatine and it's all and the Sith are all about oneself. So it's all of this unnatural, untamed raw power that's going through Palpatine, but the Jedi are collective. It's all right. about you know the wholeness with the Force and that that group. So having the Jedi embody in Rey in that cool showdown was just fucking it was eye candy and I uh, oh, so it was good. awesome. So good. I know one of the one of the big criticisms that people are talking about in a lot of the reviews, which I definitely I don't put any stock into any review I read online. I'd go with what I feel. Um, one of the things that people are kind of shitting on right now is the idea of, of Carrie Fisher's performance. Speaking of zombies, <laughs> post post uh, editing or, or however they worked her into this, um, there was a lot of criticism about the way that it looked. Yeah, they um, can fuck off. I I loved it. I thought it was perfect. I and I felt like it was the right way to end that character arc. And I tried to figure out how they were going to do it. And I was really kind of racking my brain and trying to think about how they were going to to end the Leia character naturally. Instead of sort of taking, you know, the outroad where somebody just walks up the stairs and, and then leaves, you know, what what did you can I cut in and say that I I knew how they were going to have to do it if that was the way they were going to do it. And I know they, quote unquote, had to do it that way. But I have a, about the opposite opinion of that handling. I I didn't as a as a movie editor, it reminded me of when Isaac Hayes died on South Park and they used chef like voices yeah cut in it just it's not natural and it's 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 a lot of stat like it was like they could have just showed her on screen without her talking and it would have been just as impactful like they didn't, didn't like, necessarily have to put half the-, the time she just walked around and stared at people in the movie anyway well, it, but it's it was very obvious that they were writing dialogue around recorded dialogue they already yes. had for her yeah. like that was very apparent um but something that she that, said, don't be afraid of who you are. And she's not, she's not even looking like you can't even see her mouth. You can see the back of her head. Yeah. And it's like that's pre-recorded it's, and well, you mashed right, it together. Right. Yep. The other thing is like it it just made me wonder <clears throat> how different the movie would have been had Carrie Fisher been alive to act in it. Like I, I genuinely think the story would have been different. And I do think the thing that irritated me might have been different too, to be perfectly honest. What was that? So let's, yeah, let's talk yeah. about, let's talk go, about the, yeah, the criticisms. Cause now I know both Sam and Ruth have this. So I want to see, and it sounds oh, let Ruth go. Well, first. No, I, but it sounds like you both kind of have the same idea, but I do want to hear Ruth. I want to hear. Okay. So my, yeah. it's a broad umbrella term because it's covering a couple things, but so I'm going to call it the handling of interpersonal relationships. Um, Gave it a title this time. I like it. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> twofold. 
number one, uh, that kiss was entirely unnecessary. I didn't believe it. It was yet another movie where I was just expected to believe some kind of heterosexual romantic connection without any kind of actual buildup or establishment of it. I Valid. didn't Valid like point. it as part of the redemptive moment, even though I bought the rest of the redemptive moment. I think I would have preferred it had Leia been more involved and it had been a familial love kind of thing, which they kind of were able to do a little bit with some of that cutting. But I think had that been more part of the climax rather than that weird ass kiss, I would have preferred that. I think it was entirely unnecessary. Um, I don't like what it did to Ray's character because I think that it sort of reduces it to oh, look, this man is creepily obsessed with you and that's what saves the universe. You shouldn't resist that. Like, that's not great. Um, and then, well, Wait, I can move to my second interpersonal relationship. Before you do that, I, I, I want to point out that they did build it up a little bit when she said, I wanted to take Ben's hand. That was it. That was like the yeah, weakest that element like, ever. No, that there's wasn't no romantic. reason for that to yeah, be that romantic. It could have been. Yeah. But you could have taken it that way. But it, it was but romantic. Did, if it is, it's the though. weakest buildup ever. But I didn't like, take if you it. attempted for that, that's the weakest shit Ever. If you had eliminated, I agree with that, you. I, I, but that's their because, justification for it. Because frankly, there was more buildup and more of an actor chemistry and interpersonal connection yeah. between Finn and Ray that yeah. they did right. nothing with. Weirdly, nothing. This th yeah. this is a major point for me, and I'm so mad of them completely eliminating the relationship between Finn and Ray. And this is going to go into. I'm basically gloves are off with this situation. Okay, so you have all this chemistry and this relationship that's building the entire movie. He's basically trying to tell her that I love you. Yeah, we right. He never gets the opportunity. But again, because we live in this world and have to make everything marketable, you cannot show an interracial relationship. Yeah. And well, it pisses me off so much because not only should we just be over this, but more importantly, those two characters had great chemistry and they belong together in my head canon. Yeah. And the other thing too that- I think there's- Okay, Sam. I say I think that's all writing devices because these let's be clear this is not the end of this entire story this nope. is the end of the Skywalker quote unquote story there's going to be more movies with these new established characters and that was something I felt like they set up like they continued that awful tension and maybe they'll continue it and just beat it to death but like I feel like there was a couple of things that like that that were left open for, you know, 2022 or whenever they actually end up doing another. I don't know, sorry, man. Continue. Like I if they do this, they're going to do it without Oscar Isaac because he and I agree on my second thing, yeah. which is uh, there are Disney or yeah. cowards and they he had been playing Poe as gay. And I don't really. Give a, yes, that he's I he wasn't said, aware of no, that. Yep. Yeah. And he was open for them to do that. And he was actually pushing for it. And, he, you know, and I, I appreciate the hell out of him for saying it publicly, actually. Agreed. Because so often when, um, when movies sort of bait queer fans and there, there is ke good chemistry between characters or you're like, oh, maybe that character is like not straight. Uh, maybe, okay, maybe Poe is just not straight, right? He was playing him as a person who could have attraction to men. Right. And I think they were definitely doing that because he kept asking Finn, what were you going to tell Ray? Yeah. Like, are, yeah. are you sure but, about oh, that? In, in, in Force Awakens, there's a yeah. lot, like... Oscar Isaac was down for it. And okay, he has my jacket. Oh, you look good in it. Yeah. He Sorry has publicly off. said. Look better on my floor. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Right. And, 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 now and what often happens in these situations is that queer fans get told, what are you talking about? Like, can't we just have friendship between men? Isn't that important? Or, um, you know, 
you're crazy. What what are you seeing? There's nothing like that there. And it, it, I you're respect just looking that. for it too much. Well, and it, particularly, yeah, because like the studio then will tell the actors don't say anything. So I respect the hell out of Oscar Isaac for probably pissing off Disney. Honestly, I'm not going to sure. see no broke back Jedi. No, basically, movie. like, well, and, and the thing is, Oscar Isaac, he, he didn't call them cowards specifically, but the one interview I watched, he's like, well, I think you know they were just afraid to take it there, and I was like, holy shit, man! Yeah, he went like, for it. Yeah. Uh, I, so let me ask you this, Ruth: Do you think the end of the movie was a litmus test for Disney then? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, and I'm not, I, I don't even want to say that I'm disappointed because I'm not surprised. Yeah. Right. You know, this is the thing. Disney wants to have its cake and eat it too with this stuff. They want to get pat on the back for the, apparently there was a lesbian kiss in this movie that I literally missed. Yes, I literally, oh, yeah, I no. literally I blinked an and missed it. Yeah, like, there was. I went to go see it with an evangelical minister, so I definitely didn't miss any of it. <laughs> but I, but, yeah, but they want to have their, they want to have their cake and eat it too, to get patted on the back as being progressive by queer fans for like daring to include it at all when it's stuff that can easily be cut and people can ignore and is not characters who have any kind of actual say in the world or are important right. or even have names they do disney has done this for several <laughs> movies now uh marvel did it too with that one random gay guy in one scene in endgame and they're like look right. we have a gay character yeah. finally it's like oh, that look, doesn't like, count no, we got i'm sorry it. we like, did it Check, uh, got one. Yeah. check the box uh, we're good yeah like Problem look how solved. great we are that we did this and it's uh and they it's like you're have... fishing for carp in the fucking river like yeah, it's like, ridiculous they, yeah. they want to have that cake and then also have the cake of the fact that the evangelical minister you went with uh to the movie with is not going to boycott the movie they're trying to ride a line between it nobody is happy right and it's they keep blaming it on the international market on china star wars isn't popular in china anyway you're not losing it, it a huge never market was. here yeah. right like it's a, it's a dumb excuse. It's kind of a racist excuse. And uh, they'll just censor it anyway. They'll just cut well, the movie exactly. for a second, like, and then I, I that's what they my, do. You could, you could have had Finn and Poe kiss at the end of that movie. It would have undermined the Ray Finn thing. But you could have had Finn and Poe kiss at the end of that movie. It easily could have been cut for a foreign market yeah, if it was right. just like its own little shot. Well, so, it would have changed nothing about the story. Right. Yeah. It, like, would have, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have altered the storyline. It wouldn't have altered the, the the three structure act in the movie. But I was. I was waiting for that moment, and I feel like. I almost feel like in a lot of ways the the Poe storyline with the character uh, that Carrie Russell oh, played. Oh, that was a hundred percent them trying I, I to make. I feel like straight. that was something that was, that was like we are forcing this, basically forcing this down your throat. Look at how goddamn masculine yep. Poe Dameron yep. is. And in too reality, too many people have been saying he was gay. My, can't have that in my yeah. head. From the very beginning, I thought that Poe was was gay like that, and that was just like an ex- like that I wasn't. Think, I, but it wasn't even for me. I, it wasn't something that that all like you said. It didn't didn't alter the paradigm of the, the, the structure. Was, the bar right. was so low that I when I came out. Force Awakens and I had been reading Poe is gay and the movie didn't contradict that reading I literally said to a friend of mine I will be fine if they just never contradict my reading that he is gay like I don't care if they ever do anything with it I don't care if they never say that he is and make it explicit as long as they do not like this is how low my bar was about this as long as they just don't try and make it like make it Oh, this is a real. This is a straight guy. How dare right. you read him as gay? That'll be fine. And they did that. Like it's, it was did, the yeah. one thing that was like literally, I will be fine if you just don't contradict my reading of him as a gay man. I actually and they couldn't even do that. <laughs> would not have been okay with a Poe and Finn kiss because the entire time Finn is obviously straight, he has love interests with Rose, 
the other stormtrooper that left. He was obviously trying to tell Ray that, you know, the other stormtrooper that left is busy banging Lando Calrissian yeah, all over. Now she is. I'm right. still okay with that. Yeah, that's that's going to be a great. Let's power couple. see what you are. <laughs> Let's see what you're. <laughs> <laughs> that was like well, I like laughed out loud. Billy yeah. Still yeah. Came yeah. Up. Billy like, still if got Poe it, and yep. Finn were to kiss that you point, I felt I feel like that would have been forced on Finn's part. Like that character, I mean, for, no, for, no, not so much for Poe. I thought they might go that avenue. I think it would have been. I mean, I mean, Sam, but I, I'm Sam, not saying you, I'm uncomfortable with that. You but. said you thought that they might force that with Finn. I, while I was sitting there watching the movie, I was like, "Are they really going to force this like racial line relationship on us as we're watching this? Like, <laughs> oh, we found a black girl for Finn to like. Now yeah. it's okay, guys. I know. Like uh, yeah. the, the other black guy, he he got her. Yeah, he it's got. Cool. Then yeah. they're gonna re-release Song of the South on Disney Plus right after that. Yeah. Like, so Sam, what were your toe in the company line? <laughs> <laughs> what anyway, your, Dis- Disney yeah. Powered's the end. What were your, <laughs> what were your criticisms, criticisms on that on, on uh, the movie in general? Honestly, I, I I mostly touched on my biggest criticism being I really didn't care for the way they approached trying to include Carrie Fisher. I as I was watching The Last Jedi, I had kind of hoped they would just advance the storyline and move on, like not try to stay right in the moment because they left a lot to be interpreted from that movie. The other thing I really didn't like about the the storytelling aspects of the movie was right out of the gate when they went to uh, Palpatine at the beginning and he was explaining how he was the voices in Adam Dry. I didn't really care for a lot of the like mental communication aspects of the stories in any of these newer movies. But oh yeah, the, namely, I, I loved Last Jedi so much. I saw it three times in the theater and I still don't like that weird mental force connection scene. Like, yeah. they're like my, I, least yeah. favorite, my least favorite part of Last Jedi. The, yeah. I, I, the idea I like that that's how they bit. communicate uh, well, and I mean, there's nothing like inherently like awful about it. I just mean, I don't like the way they used those those conversations as means of like advancing the plot where like we can pass physical objects through this communication. And right, but the, ex- right. the explanation of Palpatine saying I was all those voices in your head between Darth Vader and I created Snoke and all that stuff. Literally like, created Snoke. Snoke. There was a vat of Snokes, which was fucking great. Yeah, but like I I don't know. I had so much hope for the Snoke character yeah. when The Force Awakens came out and I was like sort of like disillusioned at the beginning. Like when they jumped right into that scene, I was sort of out of the like and the opening crawl I thought was going to be taking care of a few of the questions that I had going into the movie. I was I wasn't pleased with how it started out. Okay, can um, we please talk about that exclamation point? The dead. That's speak. the second time they've done that now too. The Why dead though? Speak. <laughs> Whoa! It yeah, looked, it's like when they started, looked ridiculous. There are heroes on both sides. Like no, they're fucking well, isn't. From a I certain didn't point of view, why it needed to be an exclamatory statement or there at all? It was like it was like a fifties like zombie movie. Like trailer, which is like very on brand, which is very on brand for Star Wars. It's like, super on brand it, because yeah. it's a serial. Yeah, it's, it's, it just it just looked silly. Well, yeah, it looked silly, and but it's, it's not <laughs> Flash Gordon. So, I, I, but it, that, that's my biggest criticism. I I can't say I could I, off the top. I could pull too many more. Other than I also didn't like, and I rarely do. The CGI recreations of Luke and Leia in Jedi training. Uh, I thought that they was looked, really cool. It was cool that it they was, did yeah. it. It's just. 
I it was obviously it, CGI. It makes you suspend your disbelief, and I try to not have to do that. So that that's all I got. So one last thing, I want to kind of put a bow on this rise of Skywalker conversation. I got um, one more thing to say. I uh, okay. Well, you go first because mine is a little my little my more my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Dio. Little wheel bot. I'm going to buy that toy when it comes out. Oh. I'm going to buy that. I have I'm one to buy add him. as a favorite new character. BB-8 didn't like him. Dio, fucking love him. Little cone wheel. Mm, perfect. Voiced by J.J. Abrams. can't remember what the character... Really? Yeah, voiced by J.J. Abrams. I appreciate no it more now. Love yeah. it. The, the character that I loved of the new characters they established was the little guy who ripped apart C-3PO's brain. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then would just hey. pop up and just go, <laughs> He looked like a... He was, he, he was awesome. He looked like a more drunk version of those tiny little aliens in Men in Black that had, like, the oh, body yeah. suits. Yeah, you're yeah, right. He just looked like a more scraggly, like, been drinking for the 40 galaxy years. galaxy is on 3PO's belt. <laughs> <laughs> so the, It was kind of like if Watto was a good character. Oh, uh, God. So the, the one thing I wanted to, t- I love how everybody just audibly gasped at the table at Watto. Um, the one thing I wanted to kind of Grown. just touch on as the sort of the last piece to this is, is this retcon idea from like post last Jedi and trying to change or course correct some of the things and the, the, I guess I don't want to say reaches, but sort of the more, um, uh, exciting moves that Ryan Johnson made in The Last Jedi. Did you, any of you find that anything in the movie really course corrected? The only thing that I really caught, and I and I kind of like groaned to myself when he said this, uh, was when Force Ghost Luke showed up at the island and she's getting ready to throw the lightsaber in and she, into the fire and she throws it and he catches it and he says, a Jedi's lightsaber should be treated with more respect. I was like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me, guys? Yeah, but it's just, he it's, said he was wrong, though. It, it, it's Luke's Skywalker being a dick, which yeah, is still guess, on yeah. brand for Last Jedi, and I appreciate that. I will say, and I could talk extensively about this, but I'm not going to. The biggest course correction issue that I have is the redemption of Kylo Ren. Going that arc, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because a couple podcasts <laughs> I mean, ago, I said I would be pissed about it. Granted, and, and I actually am going to just. A- agree with everything Jeff's going to say, actually. I'll just put my stamp on that. So I I understand that they went about the redemption arc and there are parts of it that I liked. I kind of either way, he's dead. And I'm glad that he's dead because you cannot make a fully redeemable character like that. And I am happy that the route that they went for what I'm guessing was Carrie Fisher's death really being the point of pulling the family tie of the family redemption, having that Skywalker moment of turning Vader, but having it reverse the parent trying to save the The child child and having one of my favorite parts, surprise Han Solo. Which works way better than a dumbass kiss. Um, Yes. And if they had, if they had eliminated that kiss completely, I would have been much happier. I'm still not entirely happy. I would have loved to see like really, really dark Kylo Ren and have him try to take on the emperor as a power move. But again, it's not my movie. Another thing that just crossed my mind, uh, the surprise, uh, pop-up of Han Solo and him just saying, oh, you're not real. I'm just a figment of your imagination. And he, like, in the back of his mind, he, so he murdered his father. In the back of his mind, his figment of imagination says, his father says that 
he still loves him. Oh, they're still in, in, the, in, in the Han Solo way. In the Han Solo way. In the Han Solo way. I know. Oh and he God. doesn't even say, I, I love you. He says, Dad, I know. So in his own mind, he knows that somewhere in there, his father still loves him and he regrets everything that he did. Like, there's still a part of him it's that is on, like, Honestly, fuck, that, I that surprise Han Solo up. scene was the only reason the redemption worked for me at yes. all. Yeah. Why, if like, that you, wasn't there, I, yeah. that would have been bullshit. But, but yeah. it was, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Carrie Fisher. But I think Probably. too. I yeah. think too with 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 the Han Solo thing, and then but I want to jump to Sam. Oh, I want to jump to Sam on this. But I think with the Han Solo aspect, the idea that Kylo Ren never becomes, never fully realizes his dark side, I think is because like you know he kills his dad, right? Because it's supposed to be the big piece where he's completely goes evil, but he never gets over it, right? Like the entire yeah. arc of the movie, he's tortured by the fact that he killed his father. Yeah. And then he still is at the end of the movie and it becomes part of it becomes the big part of the redemption. And so his, he never fully becomes I feel like Darth Vader Palpatine, or the new Darth Vader. Palpatine knew that. He knew that he could never actually get past that. So he just needs him because he is powerful. He, he doesn't need his powers right. to fulfill what Palpatine needs, which is his granddaughter. Sam, what were you going to jump in and say on that one? I was going to say to Jeff's redemption arc point, it's funny. I was walking out of the movie with my brother-in-law and I said, I was like, I thought that the redemption arc was interesting, but I agreed with Jeff that I didn't think that Kylo Ren deserved a full redemption. But I, I literally said, I was like, I'm glad that they killed him because my friend Jeff would be so disappointed <laughs> if he had a full redemption. I, I literally right. would have so been good. like, I don't even want to record. Honestly, I'm so pissed like about if he it. Didn't, yeah. if he I, was, I was like, he would have been so mad if that happened, so I'm glad It would have been bullshit if he was still alive. Like, where would he be at the end? Like, who would he be standing next to? Well, I like Ray? his no, I like that's mouse. Bullshit. Yeah, Mickey Would he be oh, standing next to Chewbacca? The, no, Chewbacca would oh, grab him by the oh. fucking neck and snap him in half. What I hear about can, the lightsaber? Can we talk? Can we talk about well, like my tied favorite part of the, my two favorite parts in the movie and then I'm just going to be done because I, yeah, I have, have to do closing point we'll do that we'll do favorite parts yeah, about the movie 35 minutes I on do this wanna, already I do wow. want to jump in real as quick as I can make this with another thing that was the the course correction thing that annoyed me the most and I think the filmmakers dropped the ball on a responsibility they had to a human person which was reducing Rose's Rose. role in the yes. movie. Yeah. That, that was real. I don't give a shit bullshit. if the character didn't fit in the story she they like had. like four lines, not yeah. even. Doing mm. that, I like that justified that. the disgusting, racist, and sexist abuse that woman got. Yeah. And they did Kelly Marie Tran real dirty. Yeah. I agree. That I, I agree. That's That actually is the thing I'm angry about. Yeah. I'm irritated about the other stuff. But that's the one thing Once I Rose came on, I was like, okay, I, more the, Rose the, time. Cool. I hear the filmmaking arguments mm -hmm. of this of like, well, you know, she, they, they, you know, this happens with characters. She just didn't fit in the story as much. It's like, I don't care. Rewrite the story. You have a social responsibility. You're not making this movie this in a point, vacuum. Yeah. Like, right. you have, you have done harm to a human person. Yeah. By doing this. Like yeah. That, yeah. that is my stance on that. The actor, not the yeah. character, the exactly. actor. This so is, yeah. this is not let's about do, this is about Kelly Marie So Trent. let's yeah. go around. Yeah. I just want to, uh, just a quick last final thoughts on Rise of Skywalker and the tr and the series in itself. Greg, go ahead and start. Uh, so the, the Rise of Skywalker, uh, I liked how in, so one more nonsense piece. Um, most of the lightsaber fights that you see are just like really quick, like do, 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 do. 
this one was very much uh, it followed, I think, Rebels and Clone Wars, where they're talking about the different forms of combat. And Rey and Kylo mm-hmm. Ren are obviously like working through their different forms in their combat. They're switching forms. They're kind of trying to one up each other. So it's very apparent that both of them are very well trained. Rey has the uh, form five that she's very uh, proficient with, which is where you hold the lights over backwards. It's meant for close quarters and close up fighting. Quick. I'm being quick. I'm quick. talking fast. Left final thoughts. We don't Kylo need to learn thoughts. how to hold Kylo, a fucking sword. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. Fuck you. Kylo Ren is obviously working with his rage. He's using a different Sith form and just trying to have as much power and force behind everything, which is how his character works. Rey is trying to be very focused and very finessed and trying to, like, zero in on the points where she knows she can hit and she knows that she can work basically her magic, not to be a space wizard person but i liked how their fighting styles emulated their characters as well sam final thoughts sorry uh interesting end uh a movie that mirrored return of the jedi a lot and uh everybody will be too critical of it but fun to watch ruth final thoughts yeah i have very similar final thoughts which is that now this trilogy really mirrors the original for me and that the middle one is um in my opinion objectively the best and my favorite and the others are fun to watch and uh you know it didn't really i'm not gonna say it stuck the landing but uh you know it uh, it was it was enjoyable and it was a star war number three always had bears <laughs> Uh, Jeff, final thoughts. I thought it was a really fun movie. I enjoyed it. I'll probably end up seeing it again. And uh, two things that I just want to touch on real quickly. One, yeah. um, surprise Wedge Antilles, one of my favorite parts oh, of the yeah. entire show. Actually, I, we cheered. Jeff and I both cheered in the yeah. theater, and people were looking at us weird. But yeah. like, Wedge, Wedge Antilles, Antilles is the best. And, <laughs> and honestly, the best part of the movie for me was fan service of just uh, Chewie getting his medal, but then seeing him in the background during the celebration showing everyone his medal was yeah. just adorable. <laughs> 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 I think for me, um, I think, like I said before, it was the perfect way to tie up the series. I think it was just like Ruth said, uh, you know, the second one in this new arc was the best. Um, I'm really looking forward to starting it over again at some point, starting from one. Unfortunately, I'll have to slog through the prequels to get to the final. You should watch um, Clone Wars. But and I think uh, I'm really excited to uh, see a finality to it. And I think it was, uh, you know, even with the even with its flaws. I think it was still a very worthy movie. So uh, that's going to do it for us uh, here on this episode. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays to everybody. uh, And we will see you again in two weeks after the holidays. See you in 2020, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye, Matt. Foundation Radio is produced and recorded by Adam Barnard and Sam Kreps. Our intro music is Ugly by Dumb Ugly. Our outro music was recorded by Jason Sylvester and Carl Pinnell. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, and Jeff Quinn. Leave a five-star rating and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio production. All right. I've seen it. I've seen Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And it was great. It really was. Gut reaction. It was a great third act. You know, it answered a lot of questions. It opened a couple of holes. But but it answered a lot of the questions that I had. Like I said, 
It was a third act. It was a very familiar third act. Uh, Not unlike The Force Awakens, showing a lot of parallel to uh, Episode 4. A lot of parallels from Episode 9 to Episode 6 to Return of the Jedi. And uh, I, I like some of the decisions that were made to connect the dots from what we knew from some of the the trailer elements. I really enjoyed some of the new characters. Not a lot of time was taken to try and establish anything that was over the top in this one, which was a nice refresh. The Last Jedi had that whole casino scene I didn't really care for. And uh, just a couple of characters that were just sort of ploys at at selling merchandise and that didn't really come across in this one. A lot of the characters got their redemptions. A lot of characters uh, met their demise in this one. So it, it was it was interesting to follow. I didn't feel like at any point that I was just ready for the movie to be over. It didn't feel like it ran terribly long. I think uh, the preview started at 7.30. We were out of the theater right at 10 o'clock. So uh, I think a very adequate length and, and well put together. Plenty of fan service. Can't <laughs> say enough how, how much fan service there was in this one yet again. But you can anticipate plenty of that coming your way. And overall, I'm glad it's wrapped up. I just hope that we don't get another one of these for a while. I want to sit and stew on these movies and appreciate all three of them as a, as a trilogy. Appreciate all nine as the Skywalker saga for a while before I have to hear more about Ray and Finn and Poe and the the characters if there's never another movie featuring these characters again i could be okay with it like i said movie opened a couple of holes biggest plot element that uh i went into the movie with palpatine is back we don't know how we don't know what literally in the opening crawl the first sentence is that the dead are talking which led me to believe that maybe Palpatine didn't actually come back. Um, I, I, admittedly, my memory is a little fuzzy on the exact wording of the opening crawl, but uh, it set up a few questions. I thought it made some answers, but that wasn't actually the case. So uh, we get into the movie, and right out of the gate, uh, Kylo Ren is killing somebody, and he picks up a device, and... We, we see Emperor Palpatine right away. Uh, I thought it was cool how it was handled. You don't really get a good look at Palpatine till much later into the movie, but we see this like strobe effect. We see uh, a Palpatine devoid of eye color. He's got these zombie white eyes and it's, it's pretty neat. The precedent being that Rey needs to be killed. The other big plot element, who is Rey? This movie eventually reveals that, that Rey is a Palpatine. She's the granddaughter of the Emperor himself. 
And, and that's it's pretty surprising. It, it's not the the path I maybe thought because I wasn't expecting Palpatine to be a part of this trilogy. But that's that's what that came to. Um, we got to see a lot more of the connection between Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo and, and Ray in this one. Some more situations where they were like telepathically passing physical items. Uh, I don't necessarily care for the, the whole uh, logic behind that, but it's Star Wars. I'll get over it. We see final appearances of Carrie Fisher using some archival footage of Carrie Fisher. Not my favorite part. If I had to pick, if I had to give the, the most critique to this movie, it would probably be having to include this sort of, you know, zombie footage of Carrie Fisher. It's not, it was not shot with the intention of the dialogue that's with it being with it. She only says a few words at a time. I know it had to happen for the purposes of the way they wanted to tell the story, but even without context, it would have just looked like it was poorly written because they didn't have a lot of dialogue to go off of. They, they had other characters repeating some of the words she was saying and then filling that into phrases. And then they showed just a lot of footage of her just standing there and walking around. A lot of the stand-in-from-behind kinds of shots. Just, again, I know it had to happen, but the biggest negative from the whole movie, other than CGI Luke and Leia faces at one scene. Uh, at one point, we get a reveal of, of Princess Leia's Jedi training, and we see Princess Leia's lightsaber, which eventually... <laughs> comes to the aid of a Ben Solo character who has been defeated as Kylo Ren, brought back to life by none other than Rey, and given a shot at redemption after uh, a hearkening to a memory from Han Solo, who makes another cameo, in this film, uh, Harrison Ford popping into this film to uh, to have a heart-to-heart with his son. And at the end, Ben Solo ends up being the hero. Ends up uh, coming to the aid of, of Rey when she goes to defeat the Emperor. Then when it looks like the Emperor has maybe defeated Rey after she defeats him, Ben gives his life. And that's mostly how that part of that story concludes. It does appear as though uh, Lando Calrissian, of all the characters, still uh, lives on at the end of this story. And uh, that was definitely interesting. Uh, it also looks like uh, Rey has now built her own lightsaber after using just about everyone else's throughout the story. And, you know, I, uh, I'm rambling a little bit at this point because I'm just trying to remember as many things as I saw I typically like to see these movies at least twice before I really break them down and analyze them. I don't know when I'll actually get to see the movie again. Definitely not before I discuss it with all the guys on the podcast. It might even be a little fresher on their minds by the time uh, 
we talk about this and I know Jeff will be good for uh, really getting into the nitty-gritty of some of the details of uh, things I maybe didn't even pick up on. More minor things, the character that digs into C-3PO's brain and gets a Sith message out of it and then wipes his memory clean, this tiny little guy. Favorite character that they created. He's just silly. This tiny little guy with this sort of big voice um, and a couple of times he just pops up in the movie and makes this kind of funny <laughs> kind of sound and I thought it was funny. I don't, it was not the kind of thing I would typically care for in a Star Wars movie but I don't know why this particular one was just goofy because it wasn't trying to be like a kid's character. It's just this like derpy little old man almost. Chewie gets a medal at the end. Not just any medal but what appears to be the medal that Han Solo receives at the end of A New Hope, the same one that Luke gets, Chewie is handed that medal at the end of this movie, which was some fun fan service just because everyone tends to joke about how Chewie was there, but he didn't get any recognition. So that was definitely uh, a fun piece of of fan service. The biggest piece of fan service in the whole movie, though, easily having to be the return of Red 5, Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. There's a whole sequence where if you're worth half your weight in Star Wars fandom, you could pretty much predict every little bit of the what's to come. Let's see, what else can I spoil? That General Hawks is the spy and he wants Kylo Ren to go down. I don't know if that was just a way of getting a little bit of uh, easing of the plot to speed things along, because there was absolutely no fleshing of that out. Oh, the other two things I gotta touch on. I mentioned when I first started talking that there's some holes. Uh, they keep showing uh, Finn's character having these force reactions, these these urges at the the inkling of what only can appear to be the force, but they never really wrap it up. So we might see something out of uh, Jedi Finn maybe in the future, if there is more to come with these Star Wars movies. Um, they also meet a... Uh, a group of people on one of the planets that they go to, the planet that they find the, the Death Star on, and it's all exiled stormtroopers, expats, if you will. And at the very end of the movie, uh, the girl that becomes one of the, the larger activists on behalf of that group helping the rebels, or whatever they call themselves now, not just the rebels, but uh, she gets to talking to Lando, and Lando says where he's from, and then he asks where she's from, and she says she doesn't know, and Lando says, well, let's find out, and then we never see those characters again, so definitely more to come, I can only assume. They left a couple things open, so anyway, it gets my thumbs up. I'm gonna probably try to see this movie again, and then sort of chill on Star Wars for a while. Just enjoy what I have. Maybe I'll finally sit down and watch more of The Mandalorian too, but at least at ease are the things that I've been wondering about as I've watched these movies. I'm glad I've seen them, and uh, I'm excited for my friends to go see this movie on uh, Saturday night so we can all talk about it on Sunday. Anyway, this has been Sam's immediate gut reactions right off the cuff with not a lot of uh, forethought, and uh, yeah, take care. All right, so it is 10 of 11 in King of Prussia. 
Why are these kids wearing shorts? Yeah, I have no idea. That's ridiculous. It's uh, it's ten of eleven. Uh, Let's stop trying. I guess so. Yeah, I'm standing here with Greg. We just got done the rise of Skywalker and and, uh, and James. Hannah and James are here. And you Jeff can see how how elsewhere. scattered my brain is right now because I can't even fucking comprehend did, how amazing that did, was. Did you catch all the cameos? Did I you did. Catch all I tried. Of them? I know <laughs> so many of them. I just can't even like. It was perfect. Who was that? It was perfect. Who was that on the Millennium Falcon's gun? Wedge Antilles. I was think so. I, I, or, it's either Wedge or Dex. Jeff one of the know. two. Yeah, Jeff? Jeff. Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Jeff? We'll talk about it during the show. But yeah. like, what's your like? If you had one word to sum it up, what, what would you say? So much. Well, I said one word. <laughs> much. <laughs> much works. I would much. say. I would say perfect. Uh, much. I would say perfect. We have so much to talk about. Also, I just want to make sure you guys caught it uh, when Ben was like talking to the memory of Han Solo. And he just says, Dad. And he goes, I know. Yeah. How did that because that... Save it for tomorrow. Save it, one Jeff. Word. We just got out of Rise of Skywalker. If you had one word to sum up the movie, what would you say? Skywalker. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my one word. Skywalker. That good, huh? I have a lot of emotions right now. Ooh. Um, portal. I, know, I want to say that. You want to change it again to portal? I feel like Jeff like three words. Yeah. I said so on. much, then much, now portal. Um, I have a because. lot of emotions, but uh, uh, Skywalker, that, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I have a lot of emotions. Most of them good. Can't wait, can't wait to dive into this. James, tell me again what you said. Um, what did you think about the movie? Um, the whole movie was my favorite part. Yeah? Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. With Palpatine? How crazy is that? And, and Han Solo's in it? Who was your favorite, like, old school character to see? Um, Palpatine. Yeah, you liked Pal- seeing Palpatine the most? Daddy had a way, um... Well, I'm glad you had fun with me, buddy. Did you have fun with me? Mm-hmm. I had a great time with you, buddy. Thanks for sharing that, that moment with me. That was a really big deal. And you know what else? I'm wearing my Uncle Ricky's shirt. And my Uncle Ricky taught me about Star Wars when I was your age. So this was even more special for me. I don't know if you know that. But it's even more special for me because Uncle Ricky's not here anymore. We got to spend some... Got to bring a piece of him with us. You know? It's pretty cool. Got your airheads? You good? Are you okay, bud? What are you thinking about? I know, buddy. I know. Well, we'll finish them tomorrow. 